Hi, and welcome to the FDI podcast. On today's show, we'll be discussing foreign direct investment in the medical cannabis industry. To do this, I'm joined by John Paul Doran, CEO and founder of Eco Equity and JPD Capital. Thank you for joining us, John. No problem. Thank you for having me. Could you just introduce um, your, your, your yourself and the company? Yeah, no problem. Um, as you've mentioned, John Paul Doran, CEO and founder of Eco Equity, which is a pharmaceutical company. Uh, Eco Equity. We have our flagship operation in Zimbabwe. Uh, I was actually born in Zimbabwe, interestingly enough. Um, my accent has evolved somewhat. Um, I came to the UK when I was six, and um, we've made some, you know, terrific progress over the course of the last 12 months and um, gained um, a good amount of traction. We've, we've broken ground and uh, we've got a fantastic state-of-the-art facility being constructed led by a managing director on the ground, which is my brother Tommy Doran. Um, the model for EcoEquity Zimbabwe is to produce pharma, pharmaceutical-grade medicinal cannabis and uh, to export into the EU. Uh, predominantly Germany, uh, which is where a lot of our offtake agreements are centred. Um, but we, we we really do um, have you know the belief that medicinal cannabis, as an alternative form of medicine, has the ability to transform millions of lives. And um, if we can play a small part in that and um, bring to market uh, quality, consistency, and uh, afford a bit affordability, um, that'd be fantastic, you know. So, so EcoEquity, that was two years ago it was founded, and then yep. JPD Capital, um, and by the way, EcoEquity, for, for our listeners, they, they've invested in Zimbabwe and Antigua. Yes. So, um, and there's currently a third investment somewhere in the Caribbean, that remains to be seen where. Yes. Um, but what's, so what's JPD Capital, just very briefly? The model in, in Antigua is slightly different, uh, of course, with Zimbabwe being uh, B2B, um, export-orientated. Uh, Antigua, we're you know, more vertically integrated B2C, um, looking to um, sort of clone the, the American model of medicinal dispensaries. Right. And um, there's a huge market on Ireland, and also um, they've got a fantastic um, tourism trade. Um, so... Um, two two different models, and um, you know, having having more than one managed operation, we wanted to develop a mechanism where investors could invest safely, securely, uh, and have the option to you know spread risk either by investing in you know one or multiple projects, and you know that's how JPD Capital um, the. The ideology was born, and um, JPD Capital, just to give you a brief explanation, is uh, a protected cell company that's um, based in Guernsey. Um, cell one, of course, is Zimbabwe. Cell two, Antigua. Um, cell three, we're just about to announce, um, which I'm very, very excited by, um, and that'll be uh, another position uh, in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also looking at strategic acquisitions um, where we see value across the supply chain. Um, we, we won't be far off again. Um, for us, it's you know not investing frivolous, frivolously or, or recklessly. It's um, trying to understand where we can add value for, for our investors and also for, for JPD Capital. And Without giving away trade secrets as well, can you describe your USP? What makes you maybe different from other European or global of course. medical cannabis companies? Um, cer- certainly in Zimbabwe, it's um, cost of production. Um, we've definitely got, got an advantage over um, 
you know, cultivators, medicinal cannabis producers, specifically in North America, Europe. Um, we can produce the same quality, if not better. Uh, our head of cultivation is uh, a spectacular young man. Um, various events that we've been at globally, um, I don't mind saying that he's he's had a number of offers um, to, to jump ship. But again, as I, as I've mentioned, loyal, loyalty is is a big big thing for us, and um, we you know it's it's very much a family environment. So um, consistent quality at um, an unbeatable price. I think the only other region that you know is comparable in terms of cost of production is, is South America, Colombia. But um, for for us, you know, it was um, an, an easy move moving into Zimbabwe, where you've seen other companies perhaps struggle. We've got an intimate knowledge of the terrain. You were one of around 65 greenfield foreign direct investments last yes. year, globally speaking. Mm -hmm. Last year saw record high greenfield FDI into the global medical cannabis industry mm -hmm. and re recreational cannabis industry, yep. all on the legal side. Mm -hmm. And um, we've seen pretty much uh, double-digit growth, uh, or rather growth has doubled for about three three years now in terms of greenfield FDI, mm -hmm. which is interesting because last year we saw cannabis stocks take a, a really quite a significant dip in the second half of the year. Correct. And then we saw mergers and acquisitions kind of falter and plateau to mm -hmm. a kind of dip, basically. So why why is greenfield um, why are greenfield investors such as yourself soaring ahead while other parts of the industry seem to be slowing down? I think if you look at um, companies who formulated their business model on uh, an early listing. Um, I don't think there was enough substance behind a lot of companies that have listed. Um, you've got young companies, you know, uh, trying to run before they can walk and also um, getting caught up in, in what's ultimately being depicted as the green rush, um, looking for opportunities further afield from their own managed operations. Specifically, if we take, um, you know, the Canadian market or, um, the, you know, the US market, for example, um, the biggest market in terms of, um, you know, exports is Europe, Germany. Mm -hmm. And for American companies to export effectively into Europe, they have to acquire GMP accreditation. So that's good manufacturing practice accreditation. So it's, you know, capital intensive to, you know, completely reverse engineer a model that was working for you internally to effectively export, which puts a burden on your balance sheet. Um, also looking at, you know, operations further afield, snapping up greenfield sites um, where they see value. Um, looking at, you know, the CapEx and the OpEx, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to manage more than one operation um, when you're an all when you're already a listed entity, you know, you're putting a, a hell of a strain on um, your market cap. And um, I, I would suggest that uh, a lot of the acquisitions that were made last year were uh, a market cap inflation exercise. Um, whether or not they were actually going to put shovel in the ground, that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. Now, now what we're actually seeing is companies reversing out of those decisions because of the risk, because of, um, you know, legislation in in various countries and it, it is difficult to navigate so um that's that's why i think you've seen you know pullback in in you know the, the stock markets and um, why cannabis stocks haven't performed as well as you know they once were do you, do you, do you see them picking up next year yeah. or do you see greenfield investments slowing down this year and following I, stocks and m a I, I think looking at at us specifically um 
we have a, a very, very good business model. Um, we've been approached by a number of entities um, to, to look at working on a consultancy basis, in fact, um, how we can identify and how we can lead them to, to execution stages we've you know successfully done. I think there will be investment in low-cost producing regions. Mm-hmm. Um, other African countries will legalise. Um, Colombia's really taking Ca- off. Colombia. Yeah. I, was, I was just about to move into South America. And um, for me, you know, I've, I've never done, done business in, you know, South America. So I was, I was a little bit reluctant. Right. Um, Africa, you know, it's, it's bread and butter for us. Right. You know, you, we, that's, your, that's your model. Do it, do it, go where you know. Ex- yeah. Exactly right. You know, um, and, and then, you know, you've, you've got a clear understanding of your path, you know, instead of, you know, having to, to, to learn on the job in a country that you're, you're unfamiliar with. For me, that represents too much risk for my investors. Mm-hmm. Um, if I feel safe and secure, I'm prepared to put my investors' capital uh, into an opportunity. If at any stage, you know, I feel that, you know, the risk is, is too much and we're unable to mitigate it, then, you know, we, we, we won't execute. Okay, so it's this diligence and that kind of uh, mindset that is working for you yes. when so many other companies are, are just falling to their knees, they're burning mm-hmm. out. Um, I mean, what's the fail rate? I mean, speak maybe within the UK, European market. Are you seeing people drop left and right? 80%. That's huge. 80%. And I think um, I'm, I'm looking forward um, to the next two years. Um, because the cream will rise to the top, certainly will be part of that. And mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, Everybody has tried to to jump on the bandwagon um, with without too much you know knowledge on the sector. Um, people have you know fantastic ideas, but um, no way of you know actually delivering. Which um, I think over the next eighteen months, two years, what you will see is um, the clamour to to move into the sector slow down somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know specifically in the UK. What has been very, very difficult for young companies is banking. Mm-hmm. And that's really a global problem, which, mm-hmm. is, which is almost ridiculous and unheard of in a mm-hmm. multi-billion uh, dollar uh, valued uh, industry. So what that means is mainstream banks in the US do not bank the industry and it has an impact across the world. Uh, of course, it, it varies from country to country, and we can talk a little about maybe maybe we could begin with what's the implication of of, of the US not banking the sector, or are you sort of self sufficient finding the right areas of Europe <laughs> to find your banking? How are you getting funding, and how are people getting funding? It's 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 a very good question. Um, first and foremost, we you know we're extremely fortunate with uh, investor uptake in our um, initial project, which was Eco Equity. Um, we raised just just under seven million, um, which you know in in this climate, um, I, I challenge anybody to to raise money for medicinal cannabis in Zimbabwe, um, and see how you get on. So, we've been extremely fortunate, and I think again that. That's because our investors have bought into our ethos, um, our ideology, and you know they share the same beliefs as us, which um, I'll always be grateful for. Um, secondly, we, we we moved on to, of course, JPD Capital. Um, again, we are extremely fortunate, you know, and I don't take for granted the level of seed capital that we've uh, managed to acquire um, over the course of the next six to eight weeks um we we will publish uh what level we're at um and i'm sure that's going to get a a lot of tongues wagging and um, i'll be excited to announce that so 
without the big banks coming yep. in, you've had to basically develop Exa- our own mechanism. Exactly right. Um, and uh, would you ever consider uh, IPO? In, in the longer term? Yeah, definitely. I think the uh, the core strategy for JPD Capital is um, to look at each cell on its merit. So cell one, of course, you've got Zimbabwe. Once we um, go the full 360 cycle and the business is fully cash flow positive, um, then we'll look at a stock market listing for eco equity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same cell two, Antigua, cell three. Right. Um, and um, it, essentially, JPD Capital is investing in unlisted managed operations, mm-hmm. um, and we will take them public, which will show a, a hell of a lot of explosive growth for for our investors and also for the asset under management of JPD Capital and the net asset value. Um, we've had to be, you know, extremely, you know, reactive in our approach to to, to the banking restrictions, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, one of the reasons why we we went to Guernsey. Um, to, to incept JPD Capital. Um, over the course of the last six weeks, we've been sitting with our corporate advisors and our legal team um, at looking at um, removing eco-equity from the UK and uh, moving to Switzerland. Okay, wow. So what's, what's the thinking behind that? Um, again, banking. Um, they're a lot more progressive. Um, we've had, you know, some some terrific conversations. Um, I won't go into uh, the specifics on who we're engaged with at present, um, but for for us, um, we want stability. Uh, we want structure, mm-hmm. um, and at the moment, we're not getting that from the UK. You know, we have done exceptionally well, um, and now it's time to to move on and kick on to the next level. If um, you know, we are to get where my true belief um, tells us we should be, and that's one of the most dominant forces within the sector. We have to uh, have uh, a financial framework that can support that. And certainly we are hearing all the right noises from Switzerland. And if we were to make a move, you know, it's for the benefit of um, us in the long term. Uh, and by us, I mean, you know, internally the company and also our investors. And uh you say, okay, Switzerland, they're not going to hold you back as the UK uh, legal framework is currently. What, what framework is that? There really is none for Not really a framework in the UK. Exactly. Uh, Germany's ahead of, far ahead of us as well. What, what, how, what is, is the, why is the UK doing so bad? Is this, is this another off, uh, problem of, <laughs> Brexit, of Brexit yeah, yeah. Ho- holding us back and uh, delaying I, all these exciting yeah, I, opportunities? I, I think if you look at when um, you know, medicinal cannabis was was um, was legalised in in the UK. That was around about May two thousand and eighteen. Um, during that time, um, decision makers in this country were you know very much caught up with with Brexit, and you know that's been the case for for the last eighteen months or so. Um, I think you know the the UK are, are trying to put in um, a regulatory framework um, which ultimately will benefit the consumer. Um, I think if you look at yeah, your local petrol station, your local um, corner shop, news agents, mm-hmm. um, everybody's selling CBD, yeah, and there there isn't exactly right everything. You know? Yeah, but you can't invest easily. Exactly right. You know, there, there isn't, there's a, a huge grey area. And for us, you know, that that represents too much risk to our business model. You know, we, we want to have security. We want people to invest safely. And, you know, we have an obligation um, as JPD Capital, as Eco Equity to, to deliver on, on 
our promises. Um, and certainly eco-equity, we, we've done just that thus far. Um, we're extremely uh, progressive in Zimbabwe, the most progressive entity. Um, JPD Capital, you know, we've got some fantastic ideas. We've um, just made our, our first investment into uh, a UK-based entity, actually, um, which will be announced again very, very shortly. But again, very, very exciting. Uh, extremely progressive individuals at, at, at the top of that company. Before I come back to the kind of products and markets you're looking at in Europe, mm -hmm. Uh, are you waiting with bated breath for the U.S. market? So uh, post-U.S. elections, mm -hmm. they're expecting, especially with the Democratic yes. government, um, we're expecting some major uh, changes in federal law, yep. which will which will basically open the floodgates of, course. of of mainstream banking. Yes, are you? Is that is that actually a scary prospect? Because there'll be huge amounts of competition coming up from that, or is that good for you? It's, it's fantastic for the sector as a whole. Um, I'm, I'm not afraid of competition whatsoever. Um, I think, you know, if you look at America, everything's been done on a state-by-state -state basis at the moment, um, which, which is a little bit fractious. Um, of course, post-election, I think you'll see blanket legislation come through, which is, which is fantastic. If you look at um, where we're positioning ourselves in terms uh, geographically, um, we'll be expertly positioned to export into the US right. with countries that already have long-standing long um, trade agreements with the US. Yeah, so I mean, of course, most cannabis companies are still based in Canada, but we're seeing an increasing number go into the US in anticipation of yes. this changing law. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've just hinted at the fact you want to be close to the US market. I mean, yes. it's a huge market. It's the biggest market in the world. Of course. Um, wh where else do you see, especially Greenfield Foreign Investments, are setting up either production or R&D facilities? Is mm -hmm. it just these low-cost but high-quality locations like Zimbabwe, yep. Colombia? Uh, I mean, of course, I see that trend continuing, but is there anywhere else you'd like to highlight um, or have any other points on that on that topic? I think once um, people have a full understanding of exactly what it is to produce medicinal cannabis in terms of um, from the agricultural agricultural side, having um, your GAP, good agricultural practice accreditation attributed to yourself, and then from uh, a processing standpoint, having your, uh, your GMP, EU GMP specifically. So EU GMP is uh, depicted as the benchmark, um, very closely followed or indeed uh, on a par with Australian GMP. So for me, it's it's a lot easier to gain EU GMP accreditation mm -hmm. if your facility is constructed within the EU. So if you look at, you know, countries like Portugal, mm -hmm. um, where I believe, you know, Tilray have entered, um, you look at um, Greece, Spain, um, countries with 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 good climate, um, I think you know we'll we'll see a lot of strong facilities in those regions because certainly for for us in Zimbabwe, you know we've we've got fantastic climate, um, which which allows us allows us to keep our cost of production low. Um, we we utilise natural sunlight during the day and um, of course artificial. Um, at night, but um, certainly regions with, within Europe um, that... 
Where in Europe are are the most exciting opportunities for you as a medicinal cannabis uh, exporter, in, in at least within Europe? So, so where, because you're, you're not you're not providing the recreational market, which is, mm-hmm. of course, uh, of course, has, yep. hasn't hasn't really caught up. So, yep. so is it just CBD products? Is it are you targeting hospitals? Or what countries as well? Yeah. So, so looking at our business model. Um, Again, at, at the moment, we're, we're very much, you know, CBD orientated. But I think, you know, once we um, make a, a positive move in terms of um, looking at where we're definitively going to establish our business operations, uh, again, I've mentioned Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the direction, you know, for us will evidently be medicinal grade THC flower. Um, and then looking to fully vertically integrate, adding extraction once we're cash flow positive. And um, certainly I'm, I'm excited by the potential of, um, you know, Spain, Greece and Portugal specifically, but also um, the Netherlands where we're working very, very closely with the Dutch Greenhouse Company. Okay. And in terms of EU regulation, is there anything we're waiting on here in the same way that we're waiting for the states to, to liberalise their, their, their federal law on cannabis? What, what are we waiting for with, with bated breath here in, in terms of EU regulation or other countrywide regulation? Well, I, th- I, I think for us, um, we're, we're, we're not so much waiting on regulation. We have uh, a clean and uh, concise understanding of what works for us as, as an entity. We know we can effectively export from Zimbabwe into um, select places in the EU that we've highlighted. Where, where exactly, other than Germany? Germany, Switzerland mm-hmm. um, are our, our core regions where the majority of our offtake is centred. Mm-hmm. Um, when so, do you think UK would be added to that list? Because there is a big demand here in France as well, many parts of the, of the Well, Well, again, looking at um, legislation in the UK, um, we we believe that we can execute a lot quicker uh, in the regions that we've highlighted. Right. Um, certainly that's not to say that we we won't be um, executing in the UK. It's just for our business model and the stage we're at as as, as an entity, mm-hmm. we, we haven't got time to, to wait for policy and procedure to come into place to, to allow us to effectively execute. Well, thank you very much for joining us, John Paul. And thank you. thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been the FDI podcast. Do check out FDI Intelligence for more content, whether that's video, podcasts, or, or our written articles. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. 
We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.